many of you are expected to be in the house of God this morning. You know, God meets us at our level of expectancy. So if you come expecting good from God, He's going to meet you at that level. If you are here because somebody dragged you by the ear, you're like, yeah, it's cold. I don't want to be here. God's going to meet you at your level of expectancy. Amen. And we pray that God will really meet with you this morning. We are so privileged. We are so honored to have Pastor Quibus Durker preach the word. He's looking at me like, what am I preaching this morning? <laughs> I'm just Pastor, come on, let's give Pastor Quibus a hand. We are so blessed that he's here. We are so blessed that, uh, um, you know, God has sent him to us in this season. And he's really encouraged and we are honored and privileged. Thank you, Pastor Quibus. Is that mic working or not? Uh, not. We are so sorry you are leashed this morning. <laughs> Thanks, Pastor Norman. Well, good morning, everybody. Everybody well this morning? Good. Um, I'm going to just uh, bring a short word just to encourage you, but in the same way also just to challenge you. You know, the Word of God is there to challenge us and to sharpen us and to make us to do the right things in life and my my title for my message this morning is is that I will restore now most of us or all of us are sitting here today amen there we go As I said, most of us, or all of us that's sitting here today can agree with me that this wonderful life, this beautiful life that we're living can sometimes be complicated. And life sometimes throws all sorts of things towards us. And, and so most of us has been around the block a few times. Dealing with some issues in our lives and things like that. And this morning I just want to encourage you on that God wants to restore some things in your life that you've lost. And, um, you know, when we go through life, there are relationships, there are careers, there are finances, marriages, friends. And all of those things brings an interesting dynamic to our lives. And as you experience life, there are sometimes good things that happens to us and sometimes there are bad things or not so good things that happen to our lives. And many times we get stuck because of things that's no longer there in our lives. And it's almost like a door that we close on those things and we don't want to open up that door because there are so many emotions that comes when we open up that door. And I believe today God wants to encourage you to say to you, listen, I want to restore some things in your life. I want to bring those things, new things into your life again. Now, as I said, that as we go through life and life's experiences, we lose things. 
The other night when we were here as a, as a church um, on the Wednesday night, the Lord just impressed on me just to share with the people concerning the seasons that one sometimes go through in life. And all of us go through seasons, whether we like it or not. This earth runs in seasons. And so there are, there's autumn. And autumn normally represents a time when you get rid of some extra weight in your life or extra things in your life. You look outside, the leaves are falling off the trees and things like that. And then comes winter. Winter is normally a time of a little bit rest and taking stock of your life. And then comes spring. Spring comes where there's new life coming out, new leaves coming out, new blossoms coming out. And then there's summer. Summer is a time of bearing fruit. And so many times we, we criticize the season that we're in. We feel that, listen, I shouldn't be in this season. But it's a normal process that we all got to go through sometimes. And so never criticize the season that you're in, but rather see it as a time of preparation that God wants to take you from point A to point B. And always remember that God is on your side. God will never leave you or never forsake you. That song that we sang just now, it says that God is for us. He's not against us. He's for us. And so therefore, remember that God wants to restore. And as we realize that some of the things that we go through is because of our own choices. Sometimes we find ourselves in a position because of the choices that we've made in life. And sometimes the situation we find ourselves is because of choices that other people had made. I'm just thinking about when we went through COVID. It's not our fault. But yet, other choices that other people had made had caused us to lose things in our lives. And then, of course, there's a combination of both of them where your choices and other people's choices has caused you to be in a position that you're in. But then, of course, there's also the, the realization that we are under attack. In John chapter 10, verse 10, it says to us, The thief comes only to steal and to kill and to destroy, and I've come to give you life and have it in full. That's what Jesus promised us this morning. He says, yes, the devil is there to come and steal and to kill. But I've come to, to give you life and life more abundantly. Do you believe that, that this morning? That God wants to give us life. And as time goes on, we gain some things and sometimes we lose some things. Relationships, assets and things like that. But you know, at the end of the day is that we've got to carry on with our lives. We can't just sit and say, well, okay, things are happen now and that's what it. No, we've got to get up every morning. Every morning the sun comes up. And so therefore we've got to get up and we've got to carry on with our lives. 
Henry Ford said this, Failure is only the opportunity to begin more intelligently. Amen. Let me say that again. Failure is only the opportunity to begin more intelligently. And so failure is not fatal in our lives. And many times we get stuck in that time when we're saying, but hang on, I've lost this. I've, 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 I've had, this has happened in my life. No. We've got to carry on with our lives. You know, I don't know if you, some of you maybe watched yesterday the, the Ju- July handicap, the Ju- July racehorse. And there's a saying that goes, the horse is bolted. Die koel is dier die kerk. Things sometimes happen and there's absolutely nothing that you can do about it. You can't turn it back. You can't replace it or anything like it. It's done. It's a done deal. But what does God say to us? God says to us, get up again and carry on. But the problem sometimes is that we sit and we get trapped in the if only syndrome. If only I did not say that. If only I didn't go into that business deal. If only I didn't do this or do that. The if onlys. And I want to encourage you this morning. Let's not get stuck in the if only syndrome this morning. But that we get up because God wants to restore things in our lives. Amen. Now the question you need to ask yourself. Have you accepted defeat? Turn to the person next to you and ask them. He says, have you accepted defeat? (laughs) Obviously not. We have not accepted defeat. Okay. Okay. And we must understand that God is the one that wants to restore things in our lives. And we're going to go through some scriptures a little bit later on. In Philippines chapter 3 from 13 to 14 it says, Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press towards the goal for the prize of the outward call of Christ of God in Christ Jesus. Now the Bible says to us, forgetting the things that's behind, move on. In 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17, it says, The old things have passed away. Look, everything has become new. And so God continuously reminds us right through the word of God. It says, Listen, don't live in the past, but live in the future. Go forward. Now, instead of living in the past, let us get up and start planning for the future. What have we learned out of the experience that we've encountered? Many times, and that's what I'm saying, that in the winter season, you sometimes need to sit back and say, okay, let me take stock of my life. What went wrong? What can I learn from this experience? You know, Jesus promised and said that he will give us the Holy Spirit to guide us and to help us. Sometimes we use the Holy Spirit as a, as a spare wheel. And I want to encourage you, 
The Holy Spirit is there to help us, to guide us, to, to show us of things to come. You know, one of the things that, um, that I ask myself is that during this COVID pandemic that we went through, how come none of us, and when I'm saying, I'm using a broad statement, how come none of us, church leaders included, warned us of what has had to come? I sometimes ask my question, that question saying, but why did it happen? Why did we not know about it? You know, I think back of the, of Joseph, where, where um, he had a dream of planning and, and to, to say that there should be seven years of plenty and seven years of, of nothing. Why did we not go through that principle in our lives? I don't know. Maybe one day we will have to ask God. Amen. There's an interesting scripture in Acts chapter 3, verse 90 to 21. It says to us, Repent therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, and that He may send Jesus Christ, who was preached to you, whom heaven must be received until the times of restoration of all things. Now, of course, this is talking about the second coming of Jesus. Now, the interesting thing there is that it says there, whom heaven must receive until the times of re restoration of all things. What does it say to us? It says to me that before Jesus returns, everything needs to be restored. Now, this is what the Bible says to us. Another way that you can say this is everything that can be restored shall be restored in our lives. And you can say to yourself, but how is this possible? How is this possible that God will restore things that I've lost in my life? Well, the one thing I can say to you is let God be God. Many times we try to work out things and we're saying, you know, I'll do this and I'll do that and that type of thing. No, let God just be God. Let He work out what needs to be done. And you know, you might say, but I've made some decisions and, I'm, and I've sinned and things like that. But let me say this to you. Jesus died and paid the price. Our sin his blood that he, he shed on the cross is more than enough to cover the sin that we've encountered or that we, what we have done. And he wants to restore the things in your life. And you know, the beautiful thing is, is that we are a reflection of God's children. We are his children. And you know, as much as you as, as parents wants to make sure that your, your, that your kids are looked after. God wants to make sure that we are looked after. But many times we don't believe that. Amen? We don't believe that. Now, how do we, how do we encounter this, this restoration in our lives? And many times we need to look at the opportunities that God brings in, in front of our lives. 
I've shared this story before with you, but I'm going to share it again. It's like you're standing on the side of the road and you want to go to town. You don't have a car, and so you rely on a taxi to come and pick you up on the side of the road. But you've made up your mind and saying that I will only get into this taxi if he's the color red and he's got mag wheels on and he's got an orange on the aerial and he's got tinted windscreens and he's got air conditioning in. That's the only taxi I will get in. So already you've made certain conditions and saying, and yet there comes a taxi. The wheel's about to fall off. The side door is non-existent. The steering wheel, the guy uses a shifting spanner to drive the thing, to steer the thing. But he's going to town. And you say to yourself, no way that I'm going to get into this taxi. That taxi is going to, to, to town. Now you can stand on the side of the road there and wait for that taxi that will most probably never come. But every five minutes there's a taxi. And so there's opportunities that God sometimes brings across your paths that He wants you to grab a hold of. And you need to recognize those opportunities. Let me share a little story with you that happened to me in my own life. As most of you do know that I, that I was full-time in the ministry at Raymer Church for 28 years. And um, there came a day when that door we had to close. And of course then all hell breaks loose in your life. And you think to yourself, but what now? This can't be the end. And many of you sitting maybe here today, you've gone through similar experiences in your life. Where certain doors and certain things has changed in your life. And you're sitting there and you're saying, but what now? And I must, I must admit that during that time, it was a very difficult time. It was a very emotional time for me. I went into depression. You said to yourself, how can the pastor go into depression? Very easy. All of us sitting here today, to some or other way, suffering from a form of depression, no matter what life is saying it us. And that's not a negative confession on what I'm saying today. That's a real thing. Real things that's happening in our life. But God gives us the equipment. God gives us the tools to overcome it in our lives. And so there are certain things that we had to make changes in our life. We had to sell our house and just to scale down a little bit. Because obviously income wasn't there anymore. And then when we started to look for houses and things like that, um, my wife and I, we went... Uh, every weekend to have a look at houses and every house that we come to we saw there was a gas installation and I said to my wife you know what I can do gas installations and that's where it started that's an opportunity that God had put in, my, in front of me to say to listen take this taxi 
Long story short is that I equipped myself to go for a gas course, a course uh, uh, and um, went through this whole thing. And I've established myself again as a gas installer. And so where God has brought me from the one side and he's put me in another position and my life is going on. Where you thought that everything that you've done has come to an end. God says, it's not over yet. And you might be sitting here today and you're saying, but you know, I might be facing this right now. Let me say this to you. The fat lady hasn't sat down yet. Life is going on. And there is life and life abundantly. And God wants to restore. And so where the the one section where I was in my life, the one season that I was in my life, God has just moved me into another season of my life where I can carry on and be a blessing to other people. God has blessed me with my hands. And every day when I pray, I pray, I said, Lord, whatever I put my hands to, let it be prosperous. So I'm getting prosperous. I'm getting blessed. And the people that I'm helping are also getting blessed. Amen. There's an interesting scripture in, in Exodus chapter 22 verse 1. It said, If a man steals an ox or a sheep and slaughters it or sells it, he shall restore five oxen for an ox and four sheep for a sheep. Now that's not a bad deal, that. If you steal an ox, you've got to give five back. And for a sheep, you've got to give four back. Just imagine if you catch the guy that broke into your house and they stole your television. He's going to give you five televisions back. Does it, does it work like that? No, it doesn't work. Unfortunately, it doesn't work like that. But this is what the Word of God says to us. This is under the law. That if ever any, anybody get caught stealing, they're going to pay back. And God always wants to restore more than what you have lost. Because this is the principle here. You know, when you want to restore a piece of furniture or an old car, classic car, you can only restore it back to its original condition. But with God, God wants to restore more than above. There's a a story in Luke chapter 5 from verse 1 to 5, and I'm going to quickly want to read that for you. This is, of course, talking about Jesus. And it says in verse 1, So it was as, as the multitude pressed about him to, to hear the word of God, that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two boats standing by the lake. But the fishermen has gone from them and they were washing their nets. Some translations were saying that they were washing and repairing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to, pull, to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitude from the boat when he had stopped speaking he said to Simon 
launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have told, toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when he had done this, they caught a great number of fish and the net was broken. There's a couple of things that I just want to highlight there. Now, just to paraphrase this whole thing here. Now, of course, Simon Peter was a very rough fisherman. So when Jesus said to him, he said, listen, just cast your nets to the other side. He must have said to Jesus, he said, listen, I'm the fisherman here. I'm professional. I know what I'm doing. I've been fishing the whole night. Nothing has happened. And i got to go home now. I'm going to tell my, my, my family and my wife that we caught nothing. And so there's no food in the house. So what do you want me to do? But he says, but because of your word, I will do it. Now, another interesting thing here is that Jesus said to him, launch into the deep and let down your nets plural but yet he comes back and says at your word I will let down the net two different things sometimes God says to you let down your nets but then we shortchange God by just letting down a net and so I want to encourage you is that the instruction that God sometimes gives you, obey it. But nevertheless, it says there, they caught a great number of fish and their net was breaking. This is a story of how God restored more than above what Peter has lost during the night. They caught nothing. But yet he says, cast your net on the other side. And sometimes God is saying to you, don't just try this side. Try the other side. Try all opportunities that it comes your way. Because I want to bless you. I want to restore your life. You see, when you invite Jesus into your boat, expect to catch a net-breaking harvest. And this is what happens. In my life right now, I am so busy because I normally say to the people, you know, Eskim is very good to me at this stage because of the load shedding. And so I'm experiencing a net-breaking harvest in my life. Am I busy? Is it, is it hard work? Yes, of course it's hard. But God used the channel to meet our needs. For 28 years, he used Rhema as a channel. All I've done, I've switched channels now. And God is using another channel to, just to bless me. And many times, we would just take off these things on the side of our, of our eyes just to open up and see what God wants to do in our lives. 
Another interesting thing in our lives, and many times what you need to do is that when you've lost something, you need to say, but hang on, that's mine. When you catch the guy that stole your TV, say, no, that's my TV. You know, you might be leaving here today. You go to the parking lot, and when you get to your car, you see there's somebody else sitting in your car. You say, hey, bro, what are you doing here? No, this is my car. He says, no, 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 this is my car. You've got to say, it is mine. And there's an interesting scripture in, in Exodus chapter 22, verse 9. It says, for any kind of trespass, whether it's concerning an ox, a donkey, a sheep, or clothing, or for any kind of lost thing which another claims to be his, the cause of the party shall come before the judge, and whoever the judge condemns shall pay double to his neighbor. That portion of scripture says, claims to be his. In other words, you need to be saying, this is mine. You need to stand up and saying, this is mine. Nobody's going to take it from me. And so I want to encourage you. The things that you've lost in your life, say, this is mine. And then, of course, there's a scripture in Joel chapter 2 from verse 23 to 27. Well-known scripture. And, of course, if you look at the book of Joel, there's a couple of prophecies that have been given, and specifically towards the church, because it's talking there about Zion. And, of course, later on in the, in the chapter of, 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 of Joel also, that was the sermon that Peter was preaching. It says, and in the latter days or the last days, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. It's all part of that whole chapter there. And then in verse 23, it says, Be glad then, you, you children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God, for he has given you former rain moderately, and he will cause to come down from you the rain, the former rain and the latter rain, in the first month. Now, what does rain represent in our lives? It represents blessing. Now, it says here, expect the rain to fall upon you. Expect the rain to fall in. Verse 24, And the floor shall be full of wheat, and the vat shall overflow with vines and oil. What does that represent? That represents an increase in your life. Expect an increase. Expect a blessing from God. Verse 25, And I will restore to you the years that the locusts have eaten, the canker worm, the caterpillar, the palmer worm, my great army which sent among you. God doesn't say there, I will restore to the next door neighbor or to this oak or to that oak. He says, to you. He makes it personal. Now, that word army there. Sometimes there are people in our lives that just likes to fight likes to make things difficult in your life. And these are the things that we sometimes encounter. And then in verse 26 says, And you shall eat the, in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God 
that he hath dealt wondrously with you, and my people shall have uh, shall never be ashamed. A couple of things there. It says, my people. God is talking about my people. We are his people. We shall never be ashamed. Now what does locusts represent in our lives? It represents a day, a year, a time or season of devastation. All of us has gone through a locust experience. The canker worm and the caterpillar represents the growing process of what's happening when these things are coming into your life, when they start to attack you. And I believe that God is trying to say to us, no matter what stage you're going through at this stage, God wants to restore things in your life. Then it's talking about the palmer worm. It's a type of worm that's there. It doesn't destroy, it doesn't eat everything up, but it just affects it. You know, sometimes when you look at a fruit, it looks really nice and juicy and everything. When you give a bite, it's all fraught inside. Sometimes that's what's happening. And so sometimes we've got a palmer worm situation in our lives, and we've accepted it. Is what we call the Doris Day Doctrine. Whatever will be, will be. I don't know, some of you might know that song. Some of us might not. But God says, don't accept things as it is. God says, come boldly to me. He encourages us, says, come boldly to me. Into my throne room. That scripture is also pl- talking about plenty. That means plenty means overflowing, satisfied. He said, you shall be satisfied. Enjoy his presence. And as I said to you today, I believe that God wants to restore some things in your life today. I just want to share the story quickly in John chapter 4 of a beautiful story of how Jesus had restored a person's life. And this was, of course, the story of the Samaritan woman that came to the, to the well. It says, a woman of, of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me, give me a drink, for his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then a woman of Samaria said to him, how is that you, being a Jew, asked a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, Give me a drink, you will have ask him, and he would give you living water. Then the woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where then? Do you get this living water or that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave it to us the well and drank from it itself, as well as his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered and said to her, what, Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him 
will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up in everlasting life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water that I may not thirst nor come to draw. Jesus said to her, Go and call your husband and come here. And the woman answered and said to him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You have said, Well, you have no husband. For you have five husbands. You've had five husbands. And the one that you're living for is not, not your, your husband. And he said, You have spoken truly. Now, just let's have a look at this story here. So, the first thing that what we must just realize here is this woman came in the middle of the day to come draw water. Why did she come in the middle of the day? Because normally the woman would come either late at night or early in the morning. Maybe it was because she had some sort of reputation and she didn't want to be exposed to the rest of the women of the city where they ridiculed her because she was a divorcee five times. And yet Jesus came out of his way to meet with this woman to restore her. And so this woman went back into, into the city and started to tell the people that she had an encounter with the Messiah. Don't you know that her encountenance or her, the way that she was seen by the, the community was elevated? Because all of a sudden, here's this woman that was named as a five, five times divorcee, all of a sudden now has been raised to an, a level where she was sharing about the Messiah. And that's what Jesus can do. That's what God can do in our lives. He can take a bad situation and turn it around into a good situation. There's another story of the five loaves and, and two fishes. Where Jesus said to his disciples, well, feed the people. And so they must have turned to him and said, listen, we've got nothing. We've only got this five loaves and two, two, two fishes. And so Jesus said, well, let everybody sit down. Bring me that and let me bless that. And so afterwards it says that they collected 12 baskets. Now some people would say, but I wonder who got those baskets. Maybe the disciples? No. The little boy got the baskets. He came there with his lunch. They took his lunch. He never knew that this lunch of his is going to turn into such a miracle. And so sometimes God will take your five loaves and two fishes and to turn it into 12 baskets. Just imagine what had happened when he got home. And he said to his mom, Mom, do you know what happened today? Yes, 12 baskets. That came back. So this is how God will restore things in our lives. And so you might be sitting here today and you might saying, but you know what? I've encountered some things in my life that I've lost. 
And I want to say to you today, start believing God. Start believing God that God will make the difference in your life. This is not the end. And sometimes we've got to take stock of our lives. Sometimes we've got to go through the season to make preparation for the next season in our lives. And so that's not defeat, but rather an opportunity for us to go forward and be a blessing and for where God can, can lead us. I want us all just to stand. I've got a song that I want us to pray. And um, when we sing this song, and it's a well-known song to everybody, I want you to sing this out of your heart. And I want you to believe in your heart. Let's sing that song. Let me hear the worshipers!
And you know, let me just say this to you, is that this is where we've got to start. Don't just look at the negative things that's happened in our lives. But look at the positive things that's happening in our lives. The mere fact is that we are still here today. When we look back in our lives, we can see all the things that we have encountered. But today we can stand here and saying, well, I can praise God. I can praise God because of who He is. And I know that God has got some good things for us in the future. And for us as a church, for you as individual, for you as families, there's some things that's, that's ahead of us. Blessings that God wants to pour out in our, in our lives. But we're going we're to start off by having the right attitude of mind. And I want everybody just to realize one thing here. Is that God wants to restore in your life. Right through the word of God, God is talking about restoration. Right through. Jesus came that he might restore to us our relationship between us and God. And see, you might be standing here today or you might be watching by way of, of the internet and you know that you are not connected to God. You don't have a relationship with God. And if you have to die in the next couple of minutes, next day or next month, you don't know where you're going to go to. You don't know whether you're going to go to heaven or not. And as much as Jesus had said to Nicodemus, he says, you need to be born again. How do you get born again? The Bible says that if you confess with your mouth, believe in your heart that Jesus is the Son of God and that He's been raised from the dead, you shall be saved. Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And so you might be sitting there today and saying, you know what? I need that restoration in my heart. I need that restoration because I'm not connected to God. And so just where you are right now, let's all just pray this prayer. Say, Father God, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I recognize that I'm a sinner. And I thank you, Jesus, that you died for me. And that you wash me clean from all my sins. And that you raise from the dead again. I ask you now to be my Savior. Thank you, God, that I'm now your child. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Well, if you had prayed that prayer for the first time today, or maybe you prayed that prayer because you walked away from God, I want to encourage you to pick up one of these little booklets from the ashes. As you go out today, you can get one of those things. Or even if you're just standing here today, and you may be just to refresh what God is saying to you as an individual, as a child of God. If you're watching by way of, of internet, make contact with us. Send us an email. Tell us that you prayed that spirit 
for the first time today. We would love to make contact with you and pray with you. God bless you. Thank you so much. Amen. Thank you so much, Pastor Corvus. Thank you for that wisdom. You know, I was reminded of that scripture that says, He's turned our mourning into dancing. And sometimes, you know, you find yourself like Joseph in a pit, and you end up in a palace. And maybe for some of you going through this season where, you know, things things didn't work out the way you wanted it to work out, you find yourself in a different space, maybe that's your palace. Maybe God is just busy promoting you. Amen. Amen. I'm going to ask the ushers just to hand out the communion elements. Thank you so much. And um, thank you, Pastor Kurz. What a, what a word of wisdom and a timely word and a word in season for us. Amen. As they're handing out the communion elements, you know, the bread represents the body of Jesus. The cup represents the blood of Jesus. I want to encourage you to please partake with us. This is not the table of Unveiled Church or the Rhema family of churches. This is the table of the Lord. And you are so welcome. This is God ministering to us. Amen. So why the body? What do we celebrate when we partake of the bread? There's a prophecy in Isaiah 53. It says, Surely he, that is Jesus, has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteem him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. And the chastisement for our peace, say peace, was upon him and by his stripes we are healed every time we partake and that's why we do it every sunday when we partake of communion if there's any ailment if there's any sickness if there's any disease in your body just mention it to him right now because this is the promise we are standing upon him verse 6 says and the lord has laid on jesus the iniquity, the sickness and the diseases of us all. He carried our diseases so that you don't have to carry it in your body. So my friend, whether it is a pimple or whether it's cancer, it's the same in God's eyes. Jesus bore it on his body. And we can declare that by his stripes, healing now belongs to us. Will you say with me, I believe it? I receive it. Let's partake of the bread.
for your patience. I'm doing this manually. This is not an app. <laughs> Revelation 1 says in verse 5 to him that is to Jesus who loved us say loved us washed us say washed us he washed us from our sins in his own blood and he has made us kings and priests Say with me, he's made me a king, he's made me a priest. To his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. So through this blood, you are loved, you are washed, you are made a king and a priest. Now there's royalty in you. Royal blood is flowing through your veins. Because we receive our blood from the Father. Amen. It's almost like you've received the blood transfusion. That God says, now you are my children. Now you are part of my kingdom. And not only is it proof of love, but you are washed from your sins. Really, boss? You are washed clean from your sins. Show me any other deity who has done that for you. That you are washed. And say, in God's eyes, it's like you've never sinned. When God looks at you, He does not see your mistakes or your faults. He sees this blood. And He says, you belong to me now. Therefore, I make you a king and a priest. How many of you felt like kings when you woke up this morning? Amen. And a priest unto your heavenly Father. Now that means something totally different as well. And, and it's a whole sermon. But I'm not going to get into that. So Lord Jesus, we thank you. We are washed. But I pray for each and every one under the sound of my voice. That as we partake of this cup now. We walk out of this place. And just as a confirmation of this word that we've received this morning. That each and every one of us will experience that love. In Jesus' name. Say with me, I believe it. I receive it. Let's partake. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We can celebrate you this morning. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for the sign of the communion. And sacrament, we can just celebrate you. In your precious name we pray. Amen. 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 Our part of our worship is always to give, and uh, because it's more blessed to than it is to. Amen. Isn't that true? Yes. So we've come to the best part of the service because we're going to be more blessed now. Amen. Because we're going to give, and I'm going to ask. Brother Gareth, just to come and take up the offering. Come on. He's wearing a jacket all the way from Ranfontein. It's a miracle. Everybody, these people don't feel cold in Ranfontein. They just grit their teeth. <laughs> Good morning, church. Matthew 14, uh, verse 24 to 31 from the Message Bible says, Meanwhile, the boat was far out to sea when the wind came up against them. 
and they were battered by the waves. At about four o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them, walking on the water. They were scared out of their wits. A ghost, they said, crying out in terror. But Jesus was quick to comfort them. Courage, it's me. Don't be afraid. Peter, suddenly bold, said, Master, if it's really you, call me to come out to, to you on the water. Jesus said, come ahead. Jumping out of the boat, Peter walked on the water to Jesus. But when he looked down at the waves, churning beneath his feet, he lost his nerve and started to sink. He cried, Master, save me. Jesus didn't hesitate. He reached down and grabbed his hand. The life that we live can be equated to traveling on a sea by boat. Sometimes the, water are cal sometimes the waters are calm. Sometimes there are storms and heavy winds and large waves. But through it all, Jesus is always close by. Peter doubted that it was Jesus. Peter needed to keep his eyes on Jesus in order to walk on the water. When Peter looked at what was going on around him, he started to sink. When Peter started to sink, Jesus was right there, ready and waiting to pull him up out of the water. In life, we will face storms, storms in our relationships, storms in our lives, storms in our finances, but Jesus is always close by, even if we cannot see him. Jesus is always quick to comfort us. We seem to always doubt that that, that still small voice is Jesus talking to us. But if we keep our eyes on Jesus, we can accomplish the impossible. We are always looking around to see what others are doing or saying, or at circumstances, and that's when we start to sink. When we fail, Jesus is always right there, holding out his hands and ready to save us. Matthew 6 verse 33 says, But seek first the kingdom of God, his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are always nearby, ready to save us. I pray that you would keep us, help us to keep our eyes firmly focused on you in all the storms that we are facing. I pray a supernatural blessing over these finances today and that you would be glorified with these offerings. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, there are many ways to give. The, the ushers are going to hand out the baskets and their snap scan and EFT. How many of you glad you came this morning? Isn't that special? Isn't that a special word? It's almost like there was just a, a tender presence of the Holy Spirit here. Listen, uh, you don't want to miss the next several weeks. I'm starting a new series this coming Sunday, which is really, really going to be a blessing. You know, we live in, in strange times. We live in times where many times lies are masquerading as truth. We don't know what is truth anymore. And as Christians, what do we have to measure truth against? So it's really going to be awesome. It's going to be practical. Bring all your woke friends so that we can upset them. No, I'm just teasing. Don't do that. <laughs> Bring some vegetarians. No, 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 no. Okay, I'm just going to say. Okay, I'm just going to. It's really going to be awesome. It's going to be great. It's going to be a blessing. 
um, to you guys. So, and then also, if you need prayer, you feel like you really just need some prayer as you go out, the first door on your left is our prayer room. There's some intercessors waiting for you just to pray with you. Make use of the opportunity. Amen. Amen. Just sit like this. I'm going to proclaim a blessing over you. The Lord bless you and the Lord keep you. The Lord makes His face to shine upon each and every one of you. Thank you, Lord, that as we go into this coming week, Lord, we go with a confident expectation of good. We go knowing that you are a good heavenly Father. You are on our side. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you will just envelop us with your love, with your presence. Lord Jesus, I pray that each and every one under the sound of my voice will feel that tangible love right now, that they will be aware of that love throughout the week. Lord, bring comfort for those who need comfort. Lord, as a church, we come right now. We pray for Andrew Smith, who's in hospital. Lord, I pray that you will touch his body. I pray, Lord Jesus, from the top of his head to the soles of his feet, he will experience your healing power. And therefore, Lord, we also intercede for all our loved ones and our family who are suffering any form of ailment, sickness, or disease. I pray that you will do a supernatural, mighty wonder in their lives right now in Jesus name we thank you for it those who struggle with addiction those who struggle with Lord Jesus any form of substance abuse we pray for them that the enemy will lose them right now in Jesus name Lord I pray for 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 us as we go out Lord that you protect us from any virus mutated virus any form of sickness or disease any trap from the enemy you protect us from in jesus name and everybody said amen amen bless you guys as you go please join us for some coffee and tea outside